Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is John T. Warris, and I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich. I'll start off today's episode with an overview of what's happened in the markets. Well, after experiencing the worst September in two decades, markets started well yesterday, with all American and European indices closing higher, as Treasury yields finally stopped their apparently unrelenting advances. Oil rallied, posting the biggest one-day gain since May to trade around the $82 a barrel mark on indications that the OPEC Plus Alliance is considering to cut production by over a million barrels a day to help prop up plunging prices. In the UK, following last week's market turmoil, the widespread backlash and a number of less than complimentary TV and radio interviews yesterday, UK Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng addressed the Conservative Party conference yesterday by saying that he will shortly be publishing a new medium-term fiscal plan, setting out the approach more fully. In the US, the S&P 500 index closed up by 2.6%. All of its sectors delivered positive returns, with the notable outperformers being energy up 5.8%, materials returning 3.4%, and tech and industrials both delivering 3.1%. The Nasdaq 100 was also up 2.4%. And reflecting this comparatively greater market confidence, the VIX index fell by 4.8%, not quite able to drop back below the 30 mark, closing at 30.1. In fixed income, the two-year US Treasury bond yields are down 7 basis points to 4.05%, while the 10-year yields fell 3 basis points to 3.61%. In Monday's US trading session, Treasury yields fell sharply, after a US manufacturing gauge declined more than expected. Over to Asia now, where the markets have posted strong gains today, with the Nikkei and Topics up 2.4 and 2.6% respectively. The South Korean Kospi rose by 2.1%, and the Australian S&P ASX 200 index is up 2.4%. Looking to currencies, the US dollar seems to be gradually weakening against most crosses. The Australian dollar has lost ground against most of its major peers after the Reserve Bank of Australia surprised markets by raising rates by just 25 basis points, with most investors expecting a higher 50 basis point hike. As a result, the US dollar Aussie dollar cross dropped around 1% following the uh, decision by the RBA. The Japanese yen has risen back towards 145 against the dollar, while euro US dollar is hovering above 98 cents. Cable is also firmer at just above 113. Moving to commodities, The WTI crude price climbed 0.4% to 83.94 a barrel. Gold climbed 1.8% to $17.02 an ounce, and Bitcoin futures were up 0.7%. In other global news, the Ukrainian forces are reported to have broken through Russian defenses in the south and made further advances in the east, pushing into the Russian-held Luhansk region. And in a provocative move, North Korea has fired a ballistic missile over Japan for the first time in five years. The United States has said it strongly condemns North Korea's dangerous and reckless decision to launch what it described as a long-range ballistic missile over Japan, but has said that it remains open to dialogue with Pyongyang. So what can we expect for the day ahead? European equity futures are pointing to a strong open this morning following a robust Asian session. US stock futures also indicate this same market optimism. Looking ahead to data releases, this morning we'll see Eurozone producer price index data readings out for August, with a year-on-year estimate being 43.2% versus last year's uh, 37.9%, and a higher-than-expected PPI reading here would likely prove bullish for the euro. 
We'll also see Spanish unemployment data out. And later this afternoon, US factory order figures for August will also be released, with economists expecting the numbers to show confidence rising for the second straight month as gas prices remain under pressure. That's all from me for today. I would now like to hand over to David Meyer, Senior Economist, with an update on UK macro policy. Over to you, David. Yeah, thank you, John T, and good morning to everybody listening. So, uh, Monday morning, uh, the Trust government performed a remarkable and also rather humiliating U-turn and scrapped the announced cut of the highest income tax rate from 45% to 40%. So this move uh, might have been driven less by markets, uh, but rather by politics. Uh, resistance within the Conservative Party was building after opinion polls showed, in fact, a large shift in favor of labor due to this measure that was denounced as tax cuts for the rich by the public. Um, on markets, actually, the dust had settled already a bit last week after the Bank of England had announced emergency purchases of long-dated gilts. Um, this measure was taken in order to address systemic risks in the pension fund markets, where pension funds had adopted so-called liability-driven investment strategies. And these were put under massive stress by the sell-off of gilts as the uh, derivative exposure of these strategies led to massive margin calls. So this measure helped uh, the pound to stabilize and recover uh, to levels around euro pound 0.87 or for the cable to 1.13. However, uh, we think that much of the recovery of the pound also hinges on expectations of higher policy rates by the Bank of England. So after last week, after markets had punished the growth plan, um, after it was announced that the so-called mini budget presentation Expectations uh, shot up for the Bank of England's policy rate to above 6% for next year and implied a 150 basis points hike at the next meeting on November the 3rd. Um, in reaction to uh, yesterday's events, markets actually uh, started to trim back expectations further to below 125 basis points for the next meeting. Um, but the pound strengthened towards zero pound, pound uh, this 0 0.87, showing some further relaxation in market tensions. Um, from here, we question, however, how far uh, these recent events can help uh, restore confidence and normalize markets. This uh, revokes tax cut, uh, in fact, is, the, is not the largest item in terms of economic and fiscal balance impact. I mean, here, the uh, general income tax cut to 90%, or the cancelled corporate tax hike to 25%, and also the energy bill cap uh, weigh a lot more. So uh, we believe that markets may uh, remain tense and the pound uh, prone to further setbacks. In particular, should the Bank of England deliver less uh, than is currently priced in at its next meeting? And this, in our view, is not unlikely. I mean, uh, the UK is already in a recession and higher gilts tighten financial conditions and create more short-term growth risks. While, uh, you know, the impact of the plans uh, will rather unfold in the midterm. So we uh, expect a bit less from that Bank of England at its next meeting, that is 75 basis points. And we stick to our pound forecast that we updated after the mini budget. So our targets remain at 0 0.0.9 for, for the three months horizon. That translates into a cable of 1.06, implying some 
possible further weakening from here. Finally, um, more relief could be given if the government further waters down its plans, uh, maybe also during the upcoming uh, party congress. And we heard before from Jonti that the government plans to present an updated budget. So the situation uh, remains rather fluid, and let's see what this brings and how markets react. And that's all from my side. Back to you, Jonti. Thank you very much, David. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.